Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. And uh, let's welcome now our guest, former Banyana Banyana player Lydia Munyepao, now a well-respected administrator. She joins us on the line. Lydia, good evening. Happy New Year. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Happy New Year, Tabitha. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, I can hear you. Okay, Happy New Year to you and the listeners here. Um, we're looking forward to a positive year than 2020, hopefully. Thank you. Can I, do you still respond to skills? Do people still call you that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they still do. <laughs> and do you remember how, how you got the name? Or who gave it to you? Yeah. The, the, the name, funny enough, it has nothing to do with football or basketball because I played oh, basketball in geez. school. Um, I used to DJ at my old school and uh, we had to come up with our own names. Uh, and I called myself DJ That Skill. And then, um, <laughs> and when we got to vets, when we had to uh, sign up for the basketball team, we had to put down our names and our nicknames. And I just put skills there, and everyone just started calling me skills from there onwards, really. And it stuck, and people thought maybe it's a football nickname. Yeah, they thought it's basketball, they thought it's football, but yeah, it actually was my, my lack of <laughs> DJing skills. <laughs> Do you still DJ, Lydia? No, I don't. <laughs> do you still do fitness videos? Do I do, still do what? The fitness videos that you were posting during lockdown. No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm rather unfit at the moment, but mm. um, I, I'm still trying to catch up. But I'm not doing fitness videos at the moment. But I will. I will soon. Yes. To encourage people during this uh, level three lockdown. Yes, please, especially in January, we need those those fitness videos. You actually spoke about playing basketball, and I remember watching an interview you did on the Ladies Club on SABC, and you were talking, you were telling a great story about going to the International School of Boputa Tswana. How did that come about, and what did you find at that school? Oh, yeah, I um, I actually received a scholarship. Um, I, I, I was at uh, Swansanam Tamari School um, during my early stages. Um, and then Bukitazwana um, government then was offering scholarships for people in the previously disadvantaged areas to come have an opportunity to study at a school people couldn't afford. So we went through several um, exams that we took um, in Makapan start. Then from there, they selected the top um, students and went to Masikeng where we had to write another exam and then convince um, the school that we, we were the best students to, to get into the school. And I, I clearly remember my interview with the deputy headmistress there. You know, my English was not so good, but I was I was really, you know, I really wanted to be in that school. And with my broken English, honestly, I, I, I just sold my, my soul to, to the headmistress. And that's how I ended up at the school. Um, they, they, they covered my, my seats from... 1991 until 1996. Even when the Kitazona government, um, you know, it, it stopped being and we were, we were incorporating the new South Africa, the school continued with some of us. Um, they raised funds for us for the last two years um, to, to remain at the school, which um, obviously gave us a lot of opportunities for some of us and opened many doors for us. Yes. And how different was that school from your previous school? Oh, it was um, worlds apart. It was mm. worlds apart. Obviously, Swansea Primary School. You can imagine a school in um, in a rural a village of Seferkel. You know, with um, no running water. You know, they, 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 you know, people. I see people complaining about you know um, the, the these these toilets. You know, um, mm. the pit toilets. What do you call the pit toilets? Yes. That, that, that's that's the kind of things that we we, we 
uh, we had to endure. Obviously, you know, it was back in the days following, uh, well, during the apartheid days, obviously. Um, it was the kind of school that I went to. And so obviously, yes, the, the, the girls played netball, the boys played football. Um, that was the sport we had. Athletics was uh, for everybody. And there was gardening and meeting and stuff like that. But other than that, there was no other sporting code. But when I got to the international school, Mass apart, obviously, you know, you were, I got exposed to so much more, you know, um, so many different um, sporting codes, so many, um, the, the subjects were different. I even got to know about careers that I never knew about because obviously, at, at, you know, when I was in the rural areas, I, I, I thought I would, obviously, uh, I, I, I mean that, you know, we, we were exposed to um, teaching, you, you, either you were going to become a teacher, a, a nurse, or, you know, or end up in the police services. You know, we didn't know um, much uh, other careers. So I didn't even know that, you know, a career in chartered accounting existed then. Mm-hmm. But when I got into international school, I got exposed to a lot of things. Um, yeah, it, 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 was a, it was miles apart from Solisan and Tribal School. So you went on an education scholarship and then you found sport there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. sport found me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've, I got yeah. hooked. I got international school and I got hooked on sport. But obviously, I had to push the educational aspects, um, yeah. um, which which uh, which is something that made sure that when Bukidazana was, uh, you know, uh, ceased to exist, it's, it's my 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 academics and my sporting talent is something that kept the school. You know, um, you know, uh, it kept me in the school. It, it encouraged the school uh, administrators to, 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 to um, list me as one of the best students that they could raise funds for. We've already got a voice note for those just joining us. We are speaking to former Banyana Banyana player Lydia Munyapao about her career on and off the field. Hey, hey, what's up, Tabiso? Um, wow, man, what can I say about Lydia? I actually went to school with Lydia, hey? The International School of South Africa. <laughs> Even back then, man, Lydia was always like, the, the perfect sports person i mean she did athletics i don't think there was a sport that Lydia didn't play and play extremely well so we're very proud of who she's become today and we just wish her nothing but the best man i remember her international school of south africa hola Lydia. went into a shop when keep doing well shop shop ah uh, and he didn't say his name ah he didn't ah please tell us who you are maybe Lydia will remember you and thanks for that voice note because we were talking about that school just now and i was fascinated when i saw that interview you did on tv and you were talking about the school and that's where you picked up basketball did you pick up football there i picked up basketball um when we actually had an exchange with uh, waterford gamshaba an international school at swaziland you know we had we had to play them. Uh, we had to play against them in several sporting courts and basketball. The boys were really good in basketball, but the girls, we didn't really have a basketball team. But when Waterford um, came to our school, um, we had to put together a basketball team, and um, uh, we put together the girls who played netball. We put together basketball, and within a week, they taught us the basics. And then we played against Waterford Gamshaw, and then we obviously we lost. Um, and then later on, we played against the American International School. Uh, they, they just hammered us. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's where it all started, basketball. But then from there, we started building up. And then when we started playing against your Mabatu High and other schools, we started improving a lot. I think when we played with Gamshaba, um, later on, we actually beat them. But uh, football, um, it, uh, I remember putting my name down for football once. I think I was in uh, from, from three or something, uh, from three or from four. 
Um, and then I was uh, put down my name with all the boys. And then they saw my name and they scratched it out. They was like, no, man, you can't, you can't play football. It's, it's for the boys. Um, so I was not allowed to play. But one of the guys there, he used to, like, help me, you know, just practice on the side. But the year before I left, one teacher from the United States, uh, Mr. Han, actually, I remember him, he came to, to the sport. Uh, he came to the school and then he started uh, in, uh, what do you call it, a five-a-side mm. um, football team. And then we, we started playing against Mabacho High and the schools around. That's how I started there. But on a, on a competitive level, I would say I started properly at Vets. Is it true that's where you played with Tandem Mirafe, who's now at Orlando Pirates? Was she playing at Vets? Yes, yes. She, she actually found me at this and then we played together. And I used to squat in her room. By <laughs> <laughs> really? So Tandy was a proper player? Yes, we actually ended up uh, in one year in the, uh, uh, it used to be called Sasu team, but it's called USA now. We ended mm-hmm. up uh, going to the World Student Games um, and she was in the team. Would you say maybe, Lydia, that's where you realized that maybe you can uh, take football a bit more seriously when you got to vet? Yeah, I think um, when I realized, we used to have, um, when I got to vet, I found actually uh, football, women's football was actually on, an, uh, on a different level. Actually, I, I'd never imagined that. You know, um, they had uh, internal league um, for, for interest. You know, you had your Sunnyside, your Banato Hall, you had your Jubilee and all the others, you know, playing against each other. I think uh, on one night, we used to, the, the big field that, you know, at, uh, on the West Campus used to be packed and we would have um, various games. Uh, and I remember first game, our first, first season, I was recruited by Sunnyside to play for them. Mm-hmm. But then when Banato realized that I was, because I was saying at Banato, when they realized that I was actually good, I wasn't really that good, but I was speedy. I just needed guidance in terms of what needed to be done. Um, then they, they came to Sanitaria and said, no, 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 this is our player. We needed that. <laughs> so, um, Denis Shabalala um, and uh, Marcus, well, one Marcus Molukomi, they went and said, no, we need our player back. You know? mm. <laughs> so I ended up having to go back to, to Banato Hall. But then uh, when I got drafted into a plate, uh, a qualifying um, tournament for the, for the, for the first week that year, um, for this, you know, Sakwanele um, had taken over and just showed us uh, some basics, and I, I, I realized that I, I was actually uh, better than many, many girls, you know, and um, I, I had some talent, you know, that obviously needed to be nurtured. I, I started uh, taking uh, uh, football really seriously, but throughout my, my stay at, at this, obviously, anyone can tell you that I always juggled basketball and football, and it was always... Mm. Actually, the coaches had to change the training sessions so, so they don't clash and also the games they don't clash so that I end up playing both. Sure. And you also had to balance your education at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you make sacrifices. And um, I think my first year I didn't do so well in accounting, which was my major. You know, I mean, I was, I was mm. studying a, a BCom in accounting, you know. Um, and then, but after that, I just had to... to, to um, I cut down on a few things, you know, um, um, the socializing, I had to cut down on it and just balance my time so that, you know, I can work towards uh, my degree. It wasn't easy, but I, I had to do it. And my last year, I ended up in Banyana Banyana. It became even more difficult. But um, at the end of the day, I came out with a degree. I think I, I came out just above 50, which gave me a pass, but I also got to, to experience football on another level. Right stuff. So you've got and a big coming, yeah. big coming accounting. Yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, and I did my honors um, with uh, awesome. the, the, via distance learning um, 
uh, at Natal. Uh, you used to be called University of Durban, but it's University of Cambridge and now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. If you just joined us once again, uh, we are talking to Lydia Munyapao. Let me just remind those because people don't listen. Some people just join us during the show. She has played for Banyana Banyana. She's now a, a renowned administrator and we're talking about her life on and off the field. You mentioned Dennis Chabalala, Lydia, and he joins us on the line here. Dennis Chabalala, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM, sir. Good evening, Tabiso. Uh, good evening, Skills, and good evening to the listeners. Thanks, Brad Dennis. Skills always talks about you in her interviews, about the role you played <laughs> when she got to vets. I mean, what did you see in her? Uh, yes, this one is not, is not correct. She's <laughs> putting on a score, this one. <laughs> oh, my God. I always hear her say Dennis Chabalala and Kwane um, Basically, it's not just the two of us, Kwane and myself, and it's actually three of us. It's myself, Kwanele, and a gentleman called Marcus Molekum. Mm. I just mentioned Marcus mm, now. She did, yes. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, when we saw Lydia, she was uh, an, an, an energetic, athletic uh, person. She used to run there by this, where now it's called the, the Science Stadium. It used mm. to be called the Chalskin Stadium, mm. where she was running the different uh, 200 meters, 400 meters, and the uh, long distance running that time. And we saw possibilities of, of, of turning it into something quite great in football. It, uh, it took a while to convince her because she was, she didn't, really didn't like football at that time. She thought, I, these ones are, are playing with me. <laughs> you know? So we, it, it, we, we all took chance to try and convince her. One day she said, let me see what, what, what can happen. And I think uh, our persistence paid off. If you if you look what has happened from that time to now. But did you, did you really think that you would go that far, Dennis Chabalala? That you would even get to Banyana Banyana and Captain Banyana? Well, at the time we saw potential, and uh, I, I think our, our what we saw was actually proven as time goes by. Yes. And she also told us that when she got to vets, there was actually a proper. Uh, women's football program. I mean, you guys seem to be the pioneers then of women's football. Why was it important so many years ago uh, to make sure that you've got the women's football structure at VETS? Internally at VETS, there were a number of ladies wanted uh, to see football happening, on, uh, in, especially for them. Then what we then did was to sit down and look at the different residences like your Sunnyside, your Jubilee, your Banato, your David Webster, and then created clubs from them who then formed a league internally, and they played, I think it was only Monday or Tuesday at that time, mm. and then they played against each other, and then we then selected a, a Wits University student team that would then go and represent with at different USA tournaments, and Lydia and her group won the USA National Club Championships, I think it was 95-96 at that time, yes. Wow, that's a great story, Dennis Chabalala. And what do you make of her progress now after food, after football? She's gone into administration. I think it's, uh, it's, quite, it's always good that uh, beyond playing football or sport, a person does uh, close and lips and bounds. And I think it's, it's been absolutely amazing. And she's also, I'm, I'm sure she's uh, uh, a big enough hope for a lot of young girls who would like to actually venture out into sport. Not just football, and also later on, assisting the growth of young people in the different sporting courts. I think it's quite magnificent and great. Great stuff. Do you have any last words to her before we let you go? 
Uh, well, I would say all the best skills. Uh, keep uh, running them hard that she used to uh, those days. <laughs> <laughs> we knew when you passed I'm the ball to us, she would, <laughs> she would kill people. <laughs> well, all I can say is all the best. It's uh, it's good that uh, people like you are still in, 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 the, in the sport, especially still in the sport, to try and grow it in one way or the other. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis Chabalala there, uh, speaking to us about our guest, Lydia. And we've got a voice note. I think um, whoever, uh, your former schoolmate from the International School of South Africa is about to tell us his name. Yo, sorry, Tabiso, I think I was a junior when Lydia was in, I think she was in Greenhouse. I was in uh, Tsukudu, Greenhouse as well. So yeah, man, she was actually one of the seniors. I don't think she'll remember me, but yeah, it's Manja. <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> uh, no, I was actually in Red House. Green House where our opponents, we had like three different um, houses. Um, the, the girl houses paired with the boy houses. Mm. Um, I was in Tepe House, which paired with Kukama. And he, his house paired with a, a house called, uh, I think it was called Tutua. No, no, not Tutua. It was called Pala House, so the, the, that's the greenhouse. So we used to whip them in a lot of, in a lot of, especially mm. athletics. We used to whip them because it was like com- very competitive when we were there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks for that, Manzla. Thanks for that info. And then Lydia, you before we get to Banyana, you also played for Soweto Ladies, the much admired Soweto Ladies. Was it while you were at Banyana? Was it while you were at Vets? Um, I, I actually before I I got. To, to Banyana, I was playing for, um, I was playing for, while I was playing for Vets at the same time, I was playing for Soshanguza All-Stars. Uh. Um, that team was coached by Jerry Laka, who I ended up actually oh, uh, working with at Banyana Banyana when he was an assistant coach in 2012 to 2014. Um, I was staying so way too, so I used to take a taxi every Sunday and go all the, two, te- two or three taxis um, and go all the way to Soshanguza to play our home games. Um, but then I got into Banyana at some point, um, um, and then uh, I think after our our away game in Zambia when we were qualifying for the 2002 um, Women's Afcon, which was called Africa Women's Championship then. Um, so two ladies actually approached me and said, "Look, um, I, well, it's actually Jabu Jabu Balo, you know, um, and um, another." player from 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 Soweto ladies i said look wouldn't it be better for you to come play for Soweto ladies because you are staying in pinville and it's closer so sanguza mm. is so far away so it would actually make sense if you came and played with us there's space for us for you as the team you know we'll, we'll talk to the coach and um and then they went back and talked to the coach uh, alex Bamanda, and then from there you know they they that's how i end up with social um at um leaving social google authors and joining um Soweto ladies but by then, obviously, they were a team of superstars. They had yeah. won uh, major titles like the Sanlam Halala Cup. Um, and I came and won the next one with them. But um, they, they, they had big players like the Yokabu Zita, Mungile Kumalo, Yofigile, Tole. You know, I mean, they, mm. uh, yeah, I was, I was nobody when I arrived at that team. But um, I was in the national team then, so I had a lot to prove. Is that the team that used to play Ketin Razors when Chiefs was playing, the Soweto ladies? They they have uh, when they played yeah that's the same team but I wasn't it was before I actually joined the team yeah they they used to play Kitten Rangers at FNB um for for for, for kind of Chiefs matches yeah let's get to Banyana Banyana now Lydia was it when did it become a goal for you to play for Banyana Banyana or was it a goal or were you just shocked by being called up look I I once um I was watching TV and then on FNBC um. 
they, they were interviewing Abayana players and um, I saw Kabuzita there. I didn't even know her then. And then there was this lady called Linky. She was playing for Leeds United then uh, in Soweto uh, with, with the likes of Chaki Mpos Isemang. Uh, and then I was like, hey, man, because I was interested in football to a certain extent, I was like, hey, maybe one day it would be nice to play for this team because I, I realized that there's a national team for, 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 for women's football. Uh, and then I think uh, my call-up to Banyana uh, came when I was still at Vets. I think I was in my last year at Vets. And, um, and then um, um, I think uh, Kwanelo Kopo um, talked to, to, to friend Hilton Smith to say, look, we've got a player. Um, you know, in our in our in our uh, team, that we would like you to have a look at. You know, and just give it a trial and see what happens. And the squad used to train there at JCE. It was called JCE then. You know, uh, and so it wasn't far from from where we were, West Campus. So mm. I went and then I, I I did the trials and then I actually went with the team to to Egypt. They they had friendly games lined up in Kenya and Egypt. Um, in 1998, um, then I went with them, but I didn't get to play. I think I realized there and then that I wasn't actually good enough to be in that team. You know, when I saw the kind of players that they had in the team and where my skill was, uh, or my lack of skill uh, as compared to, to, to some of those players, I realized that I had a lot to, to catch up to, you know. So I wasn't called into the, to the AWC team that uh, played in Nigeria uh, in December that year. 1998, but I went back, and obviously I had a lot to correct. So I started actually taking my football seriously, and so I told myself that one day I want to be back in that team because obviously I tasted what it felt like. You know, Desiree Ellis was in that team as a captain. I, 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 I started having this ambition to be back in that team, you know, and then playing, actually making the starting lineup. Um, and then I went back and I worked really hard, you know, obviously with the with the assistance of the likes of Kwanele. There was a guy called Tebuko. Um, German, you know, there was a lot of people that actually helped me when I was... And then to a certain extent, you know, uh, basketball actually uh, did me a huge favor because once I was... Uh, I made the Houghton team for basketball and I also made the Houghton team for football. Um, and then we had to go to the national... And I had to choose um, which one do I go to because the competitions were happening at the same time. And then I chose basketball because I felt it was more difficult to make the basketball team than the football team at that time. Uh, the youth team, obviously, not the national yeah. team. Um, and then um, I got to basketball and we, we started training. And within a week, they told me that they had dropped me from the team because Whoa. some other player who had not trialed, but she was a superstar, had recovered from a, an injury of some sort. So they had mm. someone to take out of the team. So they dropped me out of the team. So I end up with no team. Um, <laughs> I, I, I end up with no team because I told football I'm dropping out. But um, I think Kwanela was coaching the Houghton team and he heard of that and he said he'll give me a chance because they hadn't finalized the squad. And um, when they had the friendly game, I had to come through and prove why I had to be back in the team. And, um, and that's when Teboho, this German, helped me a lot. You know, we used to go to Dickfield every afternoon and would work, you know, for an hour or two, would just work you know, on, on me and my skills. And when the, the friendly game, obviously, I, I, I had to show them that I'm the best. And, and I was actually the best striker at, at that time. And then that's how they wrote me back into the team. But after that, I just wanted nothing to do with basketball. Um, in terms of on a, on, a, on, a, on a senior level, I played, obviously, for Vets yeah. because they were also giving me a bursary. But um, other than that, I just felt, you know, if I'm going to go, 
national team. Let me focus on football. And, and, and I'm really glad because it worked out, you know. Yes, basketball's loss yeah. was football's gain. And overall, how do you look back at your career, or if you're playing career with Banyana, and what would be some of your highlights or your highlight? Look, I, I just felt like it was it was not long enough. Um, obviously, because I had to juggle my studies after that, I had to I, I started doing my um, serving my audit articles with EY then um, between 2003 and 2005, and it was difficult, you know, getting my audit hours within those three years because now and again they would call you for camp, and you know the the, the camps they would call you like last minute and. Working with a company like EY that was so highly organized, it was really difficult to get relief, you know, to go to some of the games. And I would have to convince them. And so at some point, I was actually way behind with my audit hours, and I wasn't going to make them. And it was going to require me to do an extra year, you know. Um, and then I had to make a decision. I think after the 2004 AWC, where we did not perform so well because the team was put together, you know, uh, at the last minute, I would say. And we did not perform so well because really we, had, we were not equipped because there was no league happening. There was nothing happening for women's football at that time. And we had to compete with, you know, big teams on the African stage. And, you know, I just felt like, you know what, let me just focus my attention on my, my, my career, you know, my, my, audit, my auditing career. And then just finish my audit hours. And then, um, you know, that's how I ended up hanging up my beats. But then I continued playing on a more social level, playing for bits, um, even when after... I finished at and playing also for, for Soweto Ladies. But finding time became more difficult, you know. It was difficult finding time to play uh, and also work at the same time. So at some, at some point, I had to give it all up. But also back then, we did not have as many international games as, as, um, as the, the, the current team has now. You know, the exposure was not that, that, that huge, you know. And obviously, women's football has taken great strides. From, the, from 2000, 2004 when I played to, to where it is right now, you know, making the, the Olympics and, um, and the World Cup, you know. So, so um, we, we, we dreamt of playing in the Olympics one time, but um, it never worked out. I think we got uh, food poisoning in Nigeria when we were very close. Ooh. And uh, when that didn't work out, you know, I just decided, you know, um, I think um, it's time for me to wrap it up and just focus on my career. Because at the end of the day, it was something that's going to put bread on my table. And, um, and um, you know, um, there was no women's football, professional women's football league in sight. Uh, and I felt like I couldn't make a living out of football. And I think my parents were really very honest with me as well. Honest and open to say, look, focus on this because at the end of the day, what's going to, you know, what's going to help you live? You know, um, mm. there's no, women don't make money out of playing football. So focus on something that's going to, uh, give you money at the end of the month, and that's exactly what I did. But you did go to the Olympics, London 2012, right? As Banyana team <laughs> manager. But that's not the story I want. I believe yeah. that before you were, you went to the Olympics. You you were appointed Banyana team manager. You were actually on your way to London to work there. You were ready to go. You had packed your bags, or you were selling or renting out your your, your place. You'd made arrangements and all. Is that true? Came up with the story, say, Lydia. <laughs> it's actually true. Eh? I had a tenant for my for my townhouse. I had um, I was close to selling my car, and um, yeah, I, I practically packed my bags and I was ready to go. I had um, taken sabbatical. I was actually working at Vit Sport at that time. I'd taken a sabbatical. I'd asked for a sabbatical for a year because I felt I wanted to to work on the Olympics. I wanted to. I, I'd never gotten the opportunity after. 
completing my my um, master's in sport management at Loughborough in the UK. I had an opportunity to have a two-year work visa, you know, post-study work visa in the UK, but I, ne- I had never used that. But they give you two years, um, um, a grace period to use it, and I had never used it. So I felt, you know, before it expires, let me use it and go try to find a work at the Olympics. And I had connections, and you were willing to hook me up. And, uh, yeah, I was on my way there, and then until someone came knocking on my door and said, hey, you know, we're looking for a team manager for Banyana. Um, this team is going to the Olympics. Would you be interested? And um, that's how I, I, I took a, a huge U-turn after paying um, huge amounts for that visa. Eh? I paid huge amounts for the visa. <laughs> sure. Any regrets? No, no, none, none whatsoever. I think um, if, if you look at my, 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 my history, I, I, I always felt like uh, a team or an organization or institution that had I played uh, uh, had been instrumental in my development or in my in, in giving me opportunities to where I am right now. I mm-hmm. felt the need to go back and serve them, you know. Um, so when the opportunity for Bayana Bayana came, it, it 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 you know there were it was a no brainer. I, I had to take that because it, I was serving a team that you know I, I it was my favorite team. I loved <laughs> it with, with with all my heart. You know I wanted to do something different for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I did the same with the international school. Um, you know, with Vits, that's how I ended up at Vits Sport because I I played uh, a lot at Vits, so that's mm-hmm. how I ended up there as well. Um, that's how I ended up at youth as well because I felt these institutions had played a huge role for me. So, uh, no regrets whatsoever. Eh? Talking about youth, we've got Brakeni Nelubalani on the line. Brakeni, good evening. Evening, Tawiso and Lydia. What can you tell us about Lydia? A compliment for the new season. Thank you, Brakeni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as you are aware, I'm um, working at the University of Pretoria, and it came a point when uh, the university is moving towards the transforming of the of the department. And it's a the time when 2014 we had to identify a person, and the name of Lydia was uh, banged around. And uh, remember when we were trying to push for her, she was kind of reluctant. And then she came on board, and I can tell you that uh, she's one of the competent and sound administrator. And I mean, she's a deputy director for, for professional service, which, which deals with finances and uh, human resources and facilities, which is the pillar and the core of the university. So she's, she's quite a pillar within the university. And where you see the University of Football, uh, University of Pretoria Sports uh, progress, you, 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 you can't really talk about the achievement of University of Pretoria without mentioning the name of Lydia. Oh, that's great. An awesome testimony, Brakeni. Thank you for joining us there to talk about Lydia and what she does. Tax, are you enjoying your role, Lydia? Uh, thanks to, to the chief. He's a chief in Venda. <laughs> yes, we he must is. recognize. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, um, I was actually, when I, um, when I got to, to, to Tax, um, the, the, the director then was... Um, the Kuba van der Wout and the deputy was Dr. Rendani Molaut. I had met them actually uh, back in 2008 when I, I did a talk um, at one of the conferences. And they said, one day, you know, we'd like you to work for us. But obviously I was in, in accounting then, in auditing. So I, I was like, oh, okay, maybe one day, you know. Um, but when I came back from London, actually, I, I, I actually wrote to Kuba van der Wout and said, look, um, I would like to venture into school. I don't want to go back to corporate um, is there anything available for me at tax? Um, and he said, look, there's nothing at the moment, but should anything come up, we'll, we'll remember you, you know. Um, and um, after the, the working at the 2010 FIFA World Cup and then um, LOC and then um, 
with sport and Banyana. When I was at Banyana, actually, um, they were looking for a deputy director. And then um, I think someone mentioned my name. I think it was Katichelo Banda mentioned my name. He said, hey, Lydia is actually team manager for Banyana to Dr. Rendani Malawiti. And they gave me a call to say, look, we've gone through this recruitment process of looking for a deputy director, but we hadn't found somebody. So uh, would you be interested? Yeah, the requirements. And I checked, I met the requirements, and I sent them my CV, and they gave me an interview with some other people, and uh, I, I, I emerged as one of the, uh, one as the top candidates, top and that's how I ended up there. And um, ever since I was there, you know, look, I've, I've enjoyed my time at Tax, you know. I think I've, I've, impacted, I've impacted a lot of students as well because I've, I've had um, that, that, um, that uh, experience of being a student and uh, playing elite sport at the same time. So mentorship is something that is very close to my heart in terms of mentoring the students and trying to steer them in the right direction. I think if you, some people are aware, I was also appointed an ambassador and a mentor for the Sasol uh, Safa Liberty yes, um, um, Limitless um, program, you know, a mentorship program, which I really quite enjoyed. Unfortunately, um, due to COVID, it had to to stop. But uh, my time, my six years, which is going to be seven this year at, at Tax, they've, they've, they've really been very enjoyable, especially when you see students that um, you, you, you've, you've, you've steered in the right direction or who's, whom you've been a role model to graduate at the end of the day, you know, having achieved whatever they had achieved between the four white lines as well. It's, it's really warming to the heart. Great stuff. Lydia, we're just going to have to leave it there just because of time. We have to end our show early because the president is going to speak, ANC President Cyril Ramaphosa at 7. But thank you very much for speaking to us. You've got a wonderful story and we're expecting more from you. you we know you've been shortlisted for the CEO position at SAFA. We'll wait for that process to take its course first before we, we talk about that. But I think it's a sign of confidence in your abilities. And thank you for joining us. And somebody says you must come back to TV as an analyst also. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me to your, to your show and have a good evening. Thank you very much, Lydia Munyapa. We have to go to news, folks. And by the way, Lovo Manyong has been suspended. I've just seen now. Um, they don't know his whereabouts, World Athletics. They want to do a doping test. They can't find him and he's been suspended. It's just breaking news now.